All of us have times when we feel like we're not as close to our spouse as we'd like to be. There's some distance there. In that situation, what can you do to rekindle the connection? If you're asking that question, we have some ideas for you today. I'm John Fuller, and we're returning to a conversation that Jim Daly and I had with Greg and Aaron Smalley. They lead our marriage department here at the ministry. Now, they shared some lessons that they've learned during the early stages of the COVID pandemic. And uh, let's begin this part of the conversation after Jim gave a rather sobering statistic from Psychology Today, which reported that 63% of married couples feel lonely. Fill that in a little bit. You're both counseling couples and, and talking to people. Um, what, in addition to you know somebody feeling isolated in decision making, uh, which is kind of the example you're talking about, fretting over you know how to take care of people. What are some other contributors to loneliness that you see in in marriages today? I would say one challenge that we face as a nation is the pace that we keep, the level of busyness that we keep, that often we're distracted by many other things. Sometimes we are distracted because it's not feeling safe in the marriage. So we look to other things to fulfill that need to be connected. So often it's not even just the tasks that we're feeling alone in. But it's also just that heart level that we're feeling isolated, disconnected emotionally. And that is that hurts so deeply within our human heart because we're created to be connected. Because it's so easy for me to do for Aaron. Like literally just maybe two days ago, one day ago, Aaron and I were just laying in bed. We we're just talking. And, and one of the things that she said, and I haven't asked if I can even share this. <laughs> I love these moments. Let's watch this. <laughs> this yeah, should be fun. We'll transpires. see how connected y'all feel. Yeah, here we go. She, she, one of the things that she said to me was that, man, it would really be good if you could just initiate asking me how I'm really doing. And she goes, I'm just not feeling connected with you. And instantly my mind went, ah, I got up this morning. I put a load of laundry in. I got the dishes unloaded. I made the bed. I mean, I just started running through in my mind all the things that I was doing for her as a way to serve her, as a way to love her, thinking certainly anybody could see how much I love you and how connected we are because I'm doing all these things. And yet being with her. Just not doing, but but just being with her in investigating what's really going on in her inner life, that's hard for me. It's easier for me to do and be active and, and show her how I'm loving her than to be vulnerable and to take a moment and just sit. How are you really doing to know her? Because often it requires then me to also share. Because that was another part of what of what she said as we were laying in bed the other day. And she said, yeah, I want you to kind of pursue how I'm doing, but then I want you to tell me how you're doing. There's something about that that's just intimidating. Can I me. just do the dishes? Right, seriously. <laughs> Sounds a lot Please easier. Hear me. I so love much easier. that you do the dishes. I mean, so much has changed since COVID. When Focus came back to work full-time in June, I was like, um, who's going to do all the house chores now? Because that had become Greg's thing. She I'm was like, going to call you. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jim what's Daly, the answer to that question? Does Jim Daly not know you have responsibilities at home now? What am I going to do? 
But I love that he's doing those things. I'm sorry. I how really... did I get into this? <laughs> yeah. It's your fault. Jim really. Daly. You became like a bad so word in our house. You made me come back to work into the office is yeah. what she's saying. Yes. But I love that you're doing those things. And it means the world to me that he does those things. But there's also a part, as you're saying, Greg, just that human, we're human beings. And to sit and to be with each other, to be present with each other, to truly know each other is just key. Because when we get married, when we walk down the aisle, we're not walking down the aisle thinking, gosh, I can't wait to have somebody to, you know, do my laundry or, (laughs) you know, do tasks for me. But really what you're thinking about is I want this connection for the rest of my life. I want a best friend for the rest of my life. So what I was saying the other night is I had shared with Greg about a situation I was dealing with. And so I was saying it would be so meaningful to me if you just would follow up and ask me like the next day, like, hey, how's that going? So that's what I was Well, that's pretty good direction. (laughs) It It was great direction. But what struck me is the thought of sitting down and having that deeper conversation it requires vulnerability, right. and, and that's what can throw me at times, that it's easier for me to do and just to show her through these tasks and behaviors than it is just to, to be in that moment with her, totally open, being vulnerable, and, and that's, that's hard. That's hard for me. Well, I so appreciate what you two share. So vulnerable and so honest and transparent and relatable. Uh, Aaron, there are some people who are saying, yeah, I don't, I don't want to take the time to listen to my spouse. It's kind of exhausting. What do you say to them? Oh. <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I Tell just, us what you really think, yeah. Aaron. I mean, bottom line, if it were me saying that, I would want to know what's going on inside of me. Why is my heart not open to listening? You know, am I stressed? Am I bitter about something? Has there been communication that hasn't gone well, conflict that hasn't been resolved. You know, what's going on with me, first and foremost? Because someone who doesn't want to listen, their heart's not open. And so... And that communicates, sorry mm -hmm. to interrupt, but that communicates to the spouse, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I say that because I know Dina has had times when she's felt like, you don't even really want to listen to me. And it's like, you're right. Yeah. Oh, I got to deal with me now. Yeah, but that you know what? The honesty is appreciated, I am sure, because then it doesn't make it about the the person who's wanting to share. It yeah. makes it about you that you're not wanting to listen. Hmm. It's so interesting in the Chinese Mandarin language, um, three characters make up the verb to listen. It's eyes. So we're giving the person we're listening to our eyes, our ears. So it's eyes, ears, and the last one is fascinating open heart. Uh, So eyes, ears, open heart, make up the verb to listen. uh, And so it's making sure that I am giving my eyes, I am offering my ears, resisting distractions, but then also my open heart is so key in the entire equation. And what's what's unfortunate, if if I'm struggling in some way and have that attitude, well, I just don't want to listen to Erin, eventually she's going to feel so invisible unseen, unknown, not noticed. And, and man, that, that's, that, that will cause so many problems because then there's this, that, this drift that takes place. There's a chasm that widens in the relationship. And ultimately, people feel lonely. And when you feel lonely, it, it, that marriage is in serious trouble mm. when, when two people or someone feels super lonely versus just understand if, if if there's a way in which Aaron and I have tried to talk and it never works out and I end up feeling this or that so thus I don't want to listen go go to counseling like figure out how do we 
deal with kind of that toxic yeah. communication patterns, whatever's going on. If it's that I'm busy, bored, think I know everything about her, just to really reevaluate my my need to to spend time seeing her. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's just yeah. She, she she will. We will just not connect. It's not what anybody aspires to when they get married. And so, if you're feeling that way now. Do what Greg said. Uh, Seek out a counselor. Uh, Think of it as a mechanic for your car. We have a problem. We're not sure what it is. I need your expertise. That's what you're doing when you talk to a counselor. And we've got caring Christian counselors here at the ministry, and they're a phone call away. Uh, Call us. Let us connect you with one of those counselors, and they'll help you start the journey toward figuring things out. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459. And uh, we'll have the link in the show notes as well. When you're at the ministry or have us on the phone, please make a generous donation of any amount to the ministry. Affirm what we're doing to help couples uh, through this podcast and through a vibrant website, and uh, give as you can. When you make a donation, either a monthly gift or a one-time amount to the ministry, uh, we'll send Greg and Aaron's great book, Reconnected. And uh, again, all the details are in the show notes, or just give us a call. Next time, Tim Muehlhoff and his wife Noreen share about what to do when your marriage faces spiritual warfare. In the meantime, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Mm-hmm.